Then Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went to the chief priests to betray Jesus to them. And they were delighted to hear this and promised to give him money. So he watched uh, for an opportunity to hand him over. That is, hand Christ over. Let's pray. Father, we ask thy blessing on your word this morning. Um, we pray, Father, that uh, you would grant us, Lord, ears to hear and uh, eyes to see and a heart to understand your word. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Our message today is focused on the betrayal of Christ by <coughs> Judas Iscariot. And behind the scenes of our Lord's death on the cross and his burial and resurrection is the story of a man that was used as a tool of Satan, one of the 12 apostles. Now, how and why did God allow such a thing to happen? That would be our mental assent to this and how we would think about it. Why would God allow there to be a devil amongst the 12, as it were? And today we are asking the, this question and, and looking for an answer. The simple outline this morning is the betrayal of Jesus identified, the cross of betrayal, or the cost of betrayal, uh, betraying our Lord. I need to get my glasses fixed, I guess. And the scheme of Christ's uh, betrayal itself. First then, the betrayer of Jesus, uh, the Christ identified. Then Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went to the chief priests to betray him to them. Um, we are not told why Judas wanted to betray the Christ uh, to the Jewish leaders or authorities of that day, but we are uh, clearly told of his intention to do so. Uh, what is at stake is trying to understand the, cons uh, the conduct of Judas Iscariot uh, is to understand his reasoning for selling this knowledge of his master's whereabouts for money. Luke's gospel gives us a uh, precise statement as to his plan for delivering Jesus into the hands of the Jewish authorities. In Luke chapter 22, verses 3 through 6, it reads, Then Satan entered Judas, surnamed Iscariot, who was numbered among the twelve, so he went his way and conferred with the chief priests, the captains, and how he might betray him to them. And they were glad and agreed to give him money. So he promised and sought opportunity to betray him, that is Christ, to them in the absence of the multitude. So each time we read other passages, you always pick up a little more information. And this is quite interesting that uh, the, the scheme was that Jesus was to be betrayed to them um, in a manner such as the common people or the crowds would not be around. And so this is where we begin, as it were, our little quest. This passage is very important to the telling of the story because we see both the reason for his action and what appear, appears to be the motive of greed in Judas's heart. However, note that the devil is not interested in filling our pockets with money. Satan wanted to destroy Jesus Christ our Lord by killing him on a Roman cross. Um, I think sometimes we, we don't really think through 
what Satan is about, and his character does not change. And of course, this uh, certainly uh, is indicated in Scripture. And the Jews, as it were, in Acts chapter 3, verse 15, says, the Jews killed the prince of life. Now that word life there is zoe, spiritual life, eternal life, and uh, whom God raised from the dead. So first this morning, note that Luke's account states that Satan uh, filled the heart of Judas and that it was for that reason that he went his way and conferred with the chief priests and captains how he might betray Christ to them. Uh, it is interesting, uh, at least in my mind, uh, the idea or the concept of him being filled with Satan. We often hear the statements in the New Testament about being filled with the Holy Spirit. And I think that in very much the same way, we need to understand that this is the kind of filling that is taking place, only it is Satan who is filling Judas and not the Holy Spirit, of course. Note that Judas was so completely infused with the evil of Satan that we uh, are not given a, a rational reason for his deed. Like the demoniac of uh, Gadara, Judas was not reasonable or rational. His love of money was not the reason for his betrayal of Christ. No, no. We see the real intent of Judas' action by the fact of his being used as a tool of Satan. Was it a, a simple matter that Judas wanted to have more power, more recognition? We're, we're not sure. By the way, I'm asking these questions because it is a question in my own heart. There is something going on here that most people have not stopped to really think about or to try to figure out as far as the scriptures are concerned. And I don't have the answer, so I'm not going to be giving it to you. But at least you can think with me about what's going on. Remember that Jesus said in his prayer to the Father that very night, later in the, in the garden, uh, he was, uh, that he was betrayed by Judas in John 17, 12. It says, while I was with them in the world, that is his disciples, I kept them in your name. Those whom you gave me I have kept, and none of them is lost except the son of perdition, that the scriptures might be fulfilled. Note that the Greek word used here for perdition, the son of perdition, is uh, apolia meaning to suffer eternal ruin or loss, physical and spiritual. Uh, this same term is used to prophetically identify the Antichrist in the last days, which I thought was interesting that these are the only two references in the scriptures to a son of perdition. So <clears throat> the Apostle Paul wrote this about the Antichrist in 2 Thessalonians 2, and verses 3 and 4, let no man deceive you by any means, for that day, that is the day of the Lord, uh, will not come unless the falling away come first, a great apostasy. Um, and the man of sin, here again is that, that understanding of what it means to be the son of perdition, that man of sin is revealed the son of perdition who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. <clears throat> Beloved, it is no accident that Judas was called the son of perdition, for he truly was a man of sin. 
And a man who was under the influence of Satan and whose only motive for his betrayal seems to have been to see Jesus Christ our Lord destroyed. And the word in the scriptures for destroy means to ruin and uh, it's talking about an eternal state to uh, kill. And uh, Acts uh, 3.15 is a good reference for that. Satan must have thought that uh, if he could destroy the physical life of Jesus, that it would have uh, been vic- uh, that he would have been victorious over God's plan of redemption. That somehow or another he would have thwart God's plan for uh, our uh, Redeemer to have uh, been successful. God for- foretold that the Christ would be lifted up, and that the instrument of his death would be a wooden cross. Uh, we know the prophecies from the Old Testament that declared these things. So in God's plan, he allowed Satan to be a willing shill or a stooge or a dupe that would cause uh, all these things to be fulfilled. And what seems to be amazing is that Satan doesn't realize it. He doesn't recognize the fact that he becomes the tool through Judas to see that Jesus Christ is crucified on a cross. Do you think that Satan would have done the things that he did willingly if he knew that he was actually playing into the plan of God and actually becoming a a part of God's plan instead of fighting against him? Of course not. So, number two, uh, note that Jesus knew from the beginning what and who Judas was. We need to fully grasp the significance of this fact and attribute to God the rightful honor uh, due his eternal plan of salvation. In John chapter 6, verses 70 and 71, we read there where it says, Jesus answered them, Did I not choose you, the twelve, and one of you is a devil? So it's not like they didn't understand what he was saying, yet they didn't understand what he was saying. One of you, one of the twelve, is the devil. And of course, I don't even think that Judas really knew that he was the one that was being declared. He spoke of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for it was he who would betray him, being one of the twelve. Rather than seeing Jesus as a victim of circumstance or some misguided zealot of Jewish nationalism, Jesus planned and chose to put himself in harm's way through the action of this satanically possessed betrayer. Jesus confirmed this fact when he said this about his death on the cross. In John chapter 10, verses 17 and 18, Therefore my Father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, I, but I lay it down myself. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it up again. This command I have received from my Father. Now, lest you think that I am manipulating scripture, let the word of God speak for itself. In John chapter 6, verses 64 and 65, but there are some of you, Jesus is talking, who do not believe, for Jesus knew from the beginning who they were who did not believe and who would betray him. So there it is very clearly stated that he understood a long time before the cross was coming to him 
that uh, Judas was his betrayer. And he said, therefore, I have said to you, no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him by my father. So that's a very emphatic statement. Second note that Judas Iscariot was one of the 12 apostles, as we mentioned. Those men who were chosen to uh, give witness of the work and ministry of Jesus Christ as Messiah. Again, we find that the Bible gives us an answer for the purpose of God choosing one such as this to be numbered among his chosen 12. In Acts chapter 1, verses 16 and 17, we read there where it declares, Men and brethren, this scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke before by the mouth of David. Here again is prophecy involved. Uh, concerning Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. For he was numbered with us and obtained a part of this ministry. And uh, what we have here is a, a couple of uh, uh, Old Testament quotes. Um, in Psalm 69, 25, uh, we find that this is a fulfillment that is actually uh, told us in Acts 1 and verse 20 where it declares, for it is written in the book of Psalms, let his dwelling place be desolate, and let no one live in it, and let another take his office. So here again, it seems to be that this is quite a, uh, an obscure uh, prophecy until it takes place, and then we understand much clearer what it's talking about. Did God dangle a carrot before Satan's eyes that he could not resist? This passage, as quoted by Peter under inspiration, appears to be vague in its uh, application to Christ, but taken as a whole, this psalm has great beauty concerning Christ and his relationship with Judas Iscariot. Beloved, every word of Scripture is true and accurate, and none of it is, uh, or none of it, I should say, is true, and all of it is a lie. You can't have it both ways. It's either one or the other. And so we need, to, we need to recognize that truth. 2 Peter chapter 1 and verses 20 and 21 read, Knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Note from the text above that this betrayal of Christ... Uh, um, was done to fulfill scripture. In uh, Psalm 41, 9, it says, Even my own familiar friend, in whom I trusted, who ate my bread, has lifted up his heel against me. And of course, you remember when Jesus said, you must take this bread and eat it. <laughs> and he said that to Judas, and immediately after he ate that bread, he left. And the disciples didn't know what was going on. They couldn't figure out, well, why is Judas leaving? And, uh, of course, we knew that he was filled with Satan and that he was going to the high priest and the, the other uh, officials of the Jewish faith then. <laughs> Did Jesus make a mistake by choosing a devil as part of his ordained plan of salvation? but used this man and his wicked character as a tool to bring about the Lord's eternal purposes. Second, note that God chose to 
allow Satan to fill Judas as his predetermined tool of divine purpose. As a part of the Bible's explanation for choosing a new apostle to take Judas, uh, Judas's place, we read this concerning the work of the Lord in the matter of Judas's replacement. In Acts chapter 1, verses 24 through 26, You, O Lord, who know the hearts of all, show us which of these two you have chosen. Remember, they chose two men or, uh, to be a replacement for Judas. And so they're praying to the Lord to show them which one uh, should have the, uh, the office. To take part in this ministry and apostleship from which Judas by transgression fell, that he might go to his own place. Now, isn't that interesting? He's going to his own place. He's, he was predetermined to be a part of a special place for him and not for the other 12 or the other 11. As we have already stated, there is much that can be gleaned from the scriptures about the deeds of Judah. But few facts are given to us uh, as to the motivation of his heart uh, and the reason to betray our Lord of glory. We are left to the fact that God intended Judas to be used as a tool, again, I mentioned, uh, of Satan in the same manner as Jehovah God used Pharaoh in Egypt. In Romans 9, verses 17 and 18, we see there where it says, For the scripture says to the Pharaoh, For this very purpose I have raised you up, that I may show my power in you, and that my name may be declared in all the earth. Therefore he has mercy on whom he wills, and whom he wills he hardens. So again, this is a, a very emphatic statement about the character of Pharaoh, and we see the same truth concerning the character of Judas. Now the cost of betraying our Lord, secondly. Mark uh, 14 and verse 11, the first part. And when they heard it, they, the chief priests, were glad and promised to give him money. First note that this uh, verse seems to indicate that these wicked religious rulers were surprised by the fact that Judas was willing to be their guide for betrayal. When they heard it, they were glad. One, note that the religion of the Jews was willing to use a demon-possessed man in order to kill the Lord of glory to protect their Judaism. Now that's pretty serious problems. If that's what your religion comes to, that's pretty mean and nasty stuff, don't you think? Doesn't sound like they were following Moses' law or the Ten Commandments, for sure. We are reminded what wisdom teaches about the way, uh, the wayward son in Proverbs 14, 12. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end, uh, but the, its end is the way of death. Secondly, then, note that these men did not realize that they were being used as a tool of Satan. And I might add, they were uh, made to pay for it out of their own pocket. They came up with the money themselves to pay Judas for the betrayal. It was the Apostle Peter who wrote this concerning Satan's plot to destroy the souls of men. In 1 Peter 5, 8, we read where it says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, 
It doesn't say friend. It says adversary. Your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Second note that the very thought of Christ's destruction gave them joy and made them glad. When they heard it, they were glad. Note that the scheme to destroy Christ was heard with gladness, for they looked for a way that uh, the common people would not be offended by their actions. Remember, they were so concerned about what others were thinking about what they were doing. Of course, uh, I don't know. We're, we're getting pretty close here to where I need to cut it off so that we can continue on, on schedule. But um, In uh, Luke chapter 22, verses 3 through 6, we read there, Then Satan entered Judas, surnamed Iscariot, who was numbered among the twelve. So he went his way and conferred with the chief priests and captains how he might betray him to them. And they were glad and agreed to give him money. So he promised and sought opportunity to betray him to them in the absence of the multitude. Again, we see as we read in Matthew 26, verses 14 through 16, then one of the twelve called Judas, uh, Oh, sorry. Iscariot went to the chief priests and said, What are you willing to give me if I deliver him to you? And they counted out to him 30 pieces of silver. So from that time he sought opportunity to betray Christ. How ironic that this amount of money, that is 30 pieces of silver, was the price of a slave under the Old Testament economy. In Exodus 20, uh, 21, excuse me, in verse 32, it says, If an ox gores a male or female servant, he shall give to their master 30 shekels of silver, and the ox shall be stoned. And uh, I want to close there this morning so that we don't get too far behind in what we're doing. But I hope that you will look at the scriptures with new eyes, with a fresh thought concerning the ministry and the work of Satan through Judas Iscariot. What an amazing truth this is to see how that God weaves his eternal and ordained plan uh, throughout all of the scriptures to accomplish the purpose of our redemption. Let's pray. Father, we pray thy blessing on this morning. Prepare our hearts, Lord, that we might be able to uh, hear the word this morning as it is given and uh, bless our time in your house on this resurrection day. We ask it in Christ's name.